Good morning, everyone. This is Megan Moore. And I'm Gloria Rogers. And this is the Public Health is Essential podcast by the Washington State Public Health Association. Welcome to the seventh week of the Washington State legislative process. We have just a couple weeks to cross the finish line. And let me tell you, everyone can feel it, including myself. Everyone is looking forward to some really long naps after March 7th. I can imagine it's a demanding pace. Yes. Yep. It certainly is. So there's a big cutoff tomorrow, right? Yep. And from here on out, it'll feel like we have a cutoff every few days. Uh, It's really a downhill slope from here. Tomorrow's cutoff is the opposite House Policy Committee cutoff. This means that bills need to have had their public hearings and be voted out of committee by tomorrow at 5 p.m. or the bills have probably died. The pace of the hearings this last week was intense. Most hearings have been limited to just two hours, and so that means that they could only hear a few bills at a time, like maximum 10. By this time in session, a lot of people have caught on to these bills. Maybe it's in the media. Maybe they've made their way through advocacy groups. You're seeing posts on social media that say vote this way or vote that way or talk to your legislators on this bill. So it seems like the bills that are still moving are getting a lot of people to sign in and testify. So you might have like 20 people signed up to testify on one of those bills. So they got to squeeze these hearings, squeeze these bills as fast as possible. They are cutting people off at the one minute mark for the testimony. Um, And they are being strict about it. Like it's a quick, (laughs) your mic turns off after one minute situation. So it is, um, it's definitely been really interesting this last week. Uh, it's, it's really great, though. It's like this virtual opportunity for people to participate in the legislative process is just so wonderful. This is a great benefit in Washington State. More people are participating than ever. And you can do this in your pajamas. You can do this from across the state. You don't have to even go to Olympia. So anyways, it has been great. But the one minute thing has been <laughs> has been intense, has been intense. One minute. That is so fast. How do you even get your point across? Right. You you can't say very much in one minute. I gave a couple he- testimonies that were one minute and you really say, hi, vote this way and then be done. That's really all you have in one minute. Right. <laughs> so hopefully the work has been done on the back end. And what do you mean by the work? When I say the work, what I really mean is so many things. I mean that legislators have been fully educated about the policy. They understand the pros and cons. They've heard from their voters. You have a large group of community partners supporting the policy. You have one-pagers. You have talking points. You have all the things that you need to quickly educate legislators who haven't heard about it yet it's a lot to do and the best time to do it is actually not during session actually this is one reason why you have to play the long game in policy work you work a policy for a session and you realize its quirks and its barriers who's for it who's against it then you take the time between sessions to actually do all the other stuff that's really important The time between sessions called the interim is when your legislators are going to give you time. 
they're going to be more receptive to learning about your policy idea and all the connected stories. I know some people are probably really disappointed that their bills did not pass this year. But what you're saying is that it's just part of the process. Mm-hmm. It sounds yeah. like you actually learn a lot when a bill's moving through session. Exactly. Yeah. And you build your strategy from there. If your bill has died, consider this as a learning experience. Work on what killed it over the interim. Create one-pagers, line up talking points, invite your legislators to actually see the problem in person and make a big impact on them. It's where all the work is done on policy. That's a really great way to look at it. So what else is happening this week? Well... This week, things continue to move at an even faster pace. (laughs) Bills will get scheduled for their fiscal committees in the opposite houses. Cut off for that is actually Monday the 26th. So before we talk to our listeners again. Yeah. And then things will continue to be heard on the floor. Probably most impactful is that now we have the proposed budgets. Finally. Oh, that's right. The budgets came out. Yes. So this last week in week six, the economic revenue forecast was released on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So it was it was nice. It w- The report was nice. It was a little rosier than our than expected. Our economy is doing a little better than we had hoped. Then after that, we saw the capital budget released, which, again, is for things that the state owns, like infrastructure improvements, buildings, land, things like that. Apparently, there was some accounting errors in the budget, so they still have to go back and fix that. It's not exactly what they had hoped. And both the Senate and House operating budgets, which is all like the programs, those had hearings yesterday, those budgets. The budgets have hearings like regular bills? Yep. In fact, they are regular bills Oh, with bill numbers and everything. <laughs> and the hearings were just regular hearings, although they were really long. They heard from community members and advocates who were devastated that their bills and funding were not included in the budgets. So tell us what was included in the budget. Yeah, so big things are in order to the Budget Writing Committee, including Senator June Robinson, the lead budget writer in the Senate, and Representative Tim Ormsby, the lead budget writer in the House. There are so many investments in public health and upstream factors to help in both budgets. Things like funding for opioid use disorder prevention, treatment and harm reduction strategies, including funding for naloxone in schools through higher education, and public health banding machines, which offer access to things like fentanyl testing strips and naloxone. They invested in behavioral health treatment system, including operating more beds for treatment and House Bill 1877, which streamlines the tribal behavioral health system to the states and recognizes tribal sovereignty in the way that drug convictions are handled through tribal courts. There was funding for public health education on high-potency THC products, House Bill 2320, and a study to look at how we can restructure the cannabis excise tax to promote lower-potency THC products, which is Senate Bill 6271. There was funding for environmental justice activities at many agencies, all from Climate Commitment Act funding, which makes heavy polluting companies pay for things to address the damage they've done. A lot of great programs were funded in the budget using those funds. 
Now, the House budget allocated some funding to expand Washington's preschool meal program in House Bill 1238. It's currently kindergarten through fourth grade. The expansion will probably depend on how much money the bill gets at the end. Um, they may not be able to implement it all the way up to senior year, but that is the goal. So now that we have the two proposals, the Senate and the House will come together to negotiate the differences. They will include the arguments that people made during the hearings yesterday. So the funding numbers that are proposed in the bills are not final. Say a program was allocated $10 million. When they come together after negotiation, maybe the program will only get $5 million or zero or seven. It really depends on that negotiation. So there are actually so many more things, but for time's sake, I'll wrap it up here. We hope to do a much deeper dive into the budgets in the next week and a half. Well, I'm really glad to hear that they are considering health when they made those budget decisions. Yeah. And what's really great is that we kind of know how this thing is going to end. We know what bills now are going to be moving forward. Um, if they're in the budget, they're more likely to move forward. If they're not in the budget, they're going to stall wherever they're at right now, right? So we have a little bit of footing, a little bit less guesswork, which feels like a big relief. I hear you. Okay, so it's time to say goodbye. Ah, goodbye. Eddie, <laughs> good luck to everyone through these last few weeks of session. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, all the listeners, for everything that you do. And thank you so much for listening to the Public Health is Essential podcast from the Washington State Public Health Association. We will talk to you next Tuesday.